WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Always live on the free Odyssey app. From the Sherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Live and local from Philadelphia. Free speech lives here. Here. It's Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And away we go, live on this Tuesday, October 17th. It is indeed Kale and Company right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Always live on the free Odyssey app and streaming live for your video viewing pleasure on YouTube. As we head until 10 o'clock this morning, 855-839-1210 is the phone number. Twitter and Instagram, the radio station, at 1210WPHT. I am at Nick Kale, K-A-Y-A-L. Dawn Stenzlin with the news. Greg Stocker, the chairman of the board. Daniel Valdez, Anthony Dorenzo, our associate producers. Anything good happened last night? No, pretty slow news day. I agree, I agree. I don't know how we'll get to ten o'clock today, Dawn. I have no idea, <laughs> but we will. We will push forward. We will persevere. Good morning, and how are you, Dawn? Good morning, doing great. Gregory, I just realized we didn't make a bet yesterday at the end of the game for last night's Phillies game. <laughs> I know, was like, I thought about it too on the ride home. I went back and I looked through my notes from yesterday's show, and I was like, Oh, wait a minute, we didn't bet on anything. I know. And I, I picked I on Twitter. I said five two Phillies. Yeah, I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> it was five three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. I didn't... Yeah. Pretty close. Wow. Look at you. Pretty close. But we'll take it. I'm taking you to Vegas with me. Vegas, baby. Vegas. What happens in Vegas? Well, your money stays in Vegas, usually. Home run derby last night. I know. Right out of the gate. Yeah. Schwarber. First pitch. You know, like 10 minutes into both games of uh, the, the Phillies and Monday Night Football, it was 2 nothing Phillies, and the Cowboys were down 7 nothing before they knew what hit them. <laughs> I was so happy. And then the Cowboys won. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff to get to this morning. The show must go on when it comes to Joe Biden and Donald Trump. That'll be the theme of yesterday's developments in the big take. We also have some other stuff in regards to positive news with Trump. When you factor in Mr. Kennedy as the X factor, Biden apparently has more money than the whole Republican Party combined. We're going to get to that story. We've got updates from the Middle East. And even some local stories with Middle Eastern potentially implications. We've got a Drexel dorm fire that we need to discuss. And uh, when in doubt, just blame it on, as what they say, conservative radio. Yeah. Blame it on those deplorables that are given the platform to talk about their stuff. So we'll get to all that. Uh, And by the way, too, maybe the greatest fight video I've ever seen, and it did not involve two humans. What? Yeah. I'm telling you right now, Uh-oh. folks, don't mess around with kangaroos. They are not lovable, yeah, you know, friendly creatures. No, kangaroos are nasty. They are. They're, SOBs. They're kickers. Yeah, they are. Yes. They are bad. Yeah. And we will get to that as we continue this morning. But before all of that, let's get the latest with the world of news at 6.05. We go to the great Don Stensland. Yes, and good morning. We are sponsored this Tuesday morning, October 17th, sponsored by Holland Floor Covering. So let's get to the news this morning in Philadelphia. Uh, we do have a person arrested in connection with the killing of a Philadelphia police officer who was a uniformed officer who was fired upon. That suspect identified by police as Yobrani Martinez Fernandez, 18 years old. So under arrest, in custody, 
And this is in connection with the killing of a Philadelphia police officer last week in a parking garage at Philadelphia International Airport. Their officer, Richard Mendez, 50 years old, was shot and killed after he, as well as his fellow, his partner, another officer, 60-year-old Raul Ortiz, confronted several people who were breaking into a vehicle. That was late Thursday night, last Thursday. Mendez, Officer Mendez, who'd been on the force for more than 20 years, was shot multiple times and was later, he was rushed to the hospital and later pronounced dead at the hospital. We've talked about this. That reward continues to rise. And the private citizens, by the way, are contributing and can continue to contribute because that reward is going on a third of a million dollars. So they're still looking for two other individuals. But this individual, this 18, Yabrani Martinez Fernandez of Camden County, New Jersey, captured, arrested by U.S. Marshals, the FBI, New Jersey State Police, Philadelphia Police Homicide Division, moved in to make the arrest at the Days Inn there on Route 38. And as is tradition, they cuffed him with Officer Mendez handcuffs. Good. Do we, by, by chance, do we have the website or the web address that people can make these uh, donations to um, for the reward? That would be nice if we could put that maybe up in the YouTube chat later today for people. Yeah, we'll get that with, I mean, I know the, um, I know who assists with it is the, the Crime Commission. Okay. So maybe we should have um, Santo Montecave or one of those guys, you know, even call in and sure. talk about it. That's a great idea. Um, but we still, we, we also have the surviving officer, as we've mentioned, um, his partner, Raul Ortiz, Officer Raul Ortiz continues now. He was released from the hospital over the weekend, continues to recover at home from his injuries. And, you know, I've heard different officers speaking out about, you know, not just the physical wounds of recovering from being shot, but also losing your partner in that violent way, being fired upon. So they're still looking for the two other guys. Yesterday, during the Dawn Show, I will say that I broke down the fact that in May of 2021, um, it was a huge announcement that the, the Philadelphia International Airport, they were getting more than a $100 million upgrade with these new camera systems and 4,000 cameras and so on and so forth. Well, these cameras were not working, were not functional. And so <laughs> on, on we do night, not... On the night of the... Okay. So we do not have... From all of my, from from the sources I have, somebody even called in about it. But it, you know, the police sources that I'm talking to, that's why we don't. Because think about it. Normally, we have a release of, you know, some. And and by the way, these are not supposed to be like the closed circuit TV, right? right. The old school ones, because you know, hundred million dollars announced two year, two and a half years ago, that they were replacing all of these cameras for our safety and the safety of. A situation like this. That's why we don't have the digital right. cameras. What was going on? Yeah, there? money well spent again. Right. Amazing how many times when you need digital footage and you need camera footage and surveillance, the system goes down. It's unbelievable, honestly. Yeah. And so who's monitoring that? We were told that we we're going to pay for the monitoring, 24 hour, 24 seven monitoring. So a lot of questions and a lot of anger, certainly by those in the law enforcement community and passengers traveling through PHL. Uh, so we're following that one. A 28-year-old man is dead after a drive-by shooting in North Philadelphia. This one happened uh, overnight, last night into this morning. And police say this man was sitting on the curb outside his home when somebody pulled up in a car and shot him 
from the window, the victim taken to the hospital where he later died. 19 shell casings. So this was not random, but no re- weapon recovered. This was a drive-by, just taking this guy out as he's out, on, out by the curb, but by his house. Investigators hope surveillance cameras, I guess, ring doorbells are more reliable as cameras than what we've got at PHL currently. That's good to know. You know? Yeah. Everybody should get a ring doorbell cam now. <laughs> Did you mention that Officer Ortiz was honored at the Phillies game last night? Well, I was going to oh, I'm sorry. Be going into the Phillies, but okay. that was an emotional celebration. I'll talk about it. That was an emotional celebration last night as Officer Ortiz, who we said just was released from the hospital on Saturday, and he got a standing ovation. You did mention him in your in yes, sir. your other story, right? Okay. Yes, sir. Right, that right. he's yeah. that he was released from the hospital Saturday, and that he's home now, but that he's he continues to recover. And, yeah. and part of that is, you know, imagine your your partner who who you who you work with every single day. They've known each other twenty years, is uh, gunned down with you. Gun down on the job. You probably spend Shot more time. You probably spend more time with that partner than you do your own family. Than his own wife. Than his own family. Yeah. Exactly right. Right. And so it, it was emotional uh, last night to see. To see, I mean, I welled up. I'm. I'm sure most people did. As you know, officer, as our Philadelphia officer, another hero. And this was. Um, I don't know. I, I know that Bryce Harper's birthday was last night, and that was exciting. But for Philadelphia police officer Roel Ortiz who was injured, who survived that fatal shooting of his fellow officers, of his best friend and partner at Philadelphia International. He was honored during Game 1 of the National League Championship Series between the Phils and Arizona Diamondbacks. That was last night. And it was a video was on um, the Fanavision that you could see there. It, it was just an exciting, exhilarating moment as he received that standing ovation from Philadelphia fans and certainly the fans were a powerful force last night for our team. But as well, I would say a powerful force to say, we don't want to defund you, Philadelphia police, and we want to honor you. We want to say we appreciate you. Mm-hmm. It was it was a beautiful moment yeah. for Philadelphia fans. Sad, sad that we have to get to this point where you start thanking officers and you know cheering them on. And re- it takes an officer being killed by a punk trying to you know, carjack somebody or you know, commit grand theft auto for us to appreciate police. Thank yeah. thankless profession. Yeah, it's, this is true. Uh, we can take you to uh, the Middle East. There are fast moving developments, and I'll just headline them. So we're here. We keep hearing the humanitarian situation and the Gaza Strip grows more dire each day because those civilians um, in the Gaza Strip have been without power, without water, and so Secretary of State Blinken has announced that the United States and Israel agreed to develop a plan to enable humanitarian aid from donor nations to reach civilians in Gaza. And there are many opinions on this one on all sides. President Joe Biden announcing he will travel to Israel and Jordan tomorrow to show support for the U.S. ally and to meet with Arab leaders. And so United States a United States president going into an active war zone, certainly this will take incredible levels of security to keep him safe. I'm sure we'll get the same song and dance when he gets over there. You know, he'll trip up the steps. Stop. He won't know which way to go off of a stage. And if he's sitting down in, like, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, conference area and he's sitting there with his leg crossed, he'll look half dead, half asleep. He'll sound awful. 
I, I'm looking forward to the uh, the optics of this presentation. This will go <laughs> this will go smoothly. And uh, special counsel Jack Smith's office in federal court yesterday asking for that gag order, and that would that will is going to bar is barring former President Donald Trump from maligning the judge, prosecutors, witnesses, potential jurors in his election obstruction case. And so prosecutors are arguing and winning the argument, although Trump's team is is now you know appealing this, saying that um, Trump is not allowed to talk or tweet on social media anything about the judge or prosecutors. But my favorite part of the story is that he's allowed, they agreed, that because he's a candidate, he's allowed to say crooked Joe Biden, and he's allowed to say Department of Injustice. Okay. So he's now... In court, you can use the following phrases, <laughs> Mr. Trump, but don't push it. So he can say crooked Joe Biden and he can say Department of Injustice and that from a judge and prosecutors all agree he's allowed to say that. Oh, very nice of uh, uh, Judge Chutkin. <laughs> so that was kind of my favorite thing um, that, that came out of that. It was kind of dopey, but we do have great news last night. Exciting news for our Philadelphia Phillies. Woo! One down. Well, it's a, it's a seven-game series, but still. Uh, we beat the D-backs, as Nick Hale loves to call them. And what a birthday gift for Bryce Harper celebrating his 31st birthday with a big bang, a 420-foot home run on the first pitch he saw in the NL Championship Series. So we won game one. We do have some to go, but let's get to some highlights. Bryce Harper has been the talk of the MLB postseason he proved why once again hitting that early home run on his birthday happy birthday bryce make a wish cut qa the birthday boy and he swings and lifts it high and deep and happy birthday pal harper with a monster drive deep into right center it's two nothing phillies so bryce harper has um we uh should say uh as far as wheeler he pitched a gem with a lights-out performance that included eight strikeouts. Here's what it sounded like. Was this the 100-decibel one, or was that Bryce's? But here's what it sounded like as he punched his seventh. Rally towels are being twirled around. And now the 0-2 pitch from Zach Wheeler. Swing and a miss. He went after a high fastball, couldn't catch up. Seven strikeouts through four innings for Zach Wheeler. Another 1-2-3 inning. He's retired 12 in a row. We'll head to the bottom of the fourth. It's the Phillies four and the Diamondbacks nothing. I tell you what, you, everybody talks about this offense and these bats, but if Wheeler keeps pitching like this, Suarez hasn't lost in the playoffs in two years, and then throw in Aaron Nola. Yeah, Aaron Nola, yeah. Like, I, you know, one through three, they're, they're, they're as good as it gets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just gave up that two-run home run in the bottom of the six or whatever it was, yep. and then the bullpen looked a little... A little spotty. Yeah. <laughs> a little, a little spotty. bit. A little bit. You gotta have a little sweat on a Monday night. Uh, yeah. Can't be too easy, right? Yeah, no, you want it. one more clip? Yep. So here's one more from our friends at WIP. Craig Kimbrell worked a scoreless ninth for the save. Finally, the Phils uh, send closer Kimbrell to the mound. And as, as it leads to a game-winning double play. So we go full again. With the runner on at first. Three and two to count. Kimbrell's ready. The kick. The pitch. Swinging a hot shot to third, backhand boom to second. There's one on to first. Game over. Nice. Nice. Around the horn, the Phillies take game one as Craig Kimbrell gets the save. Alec Boehm starts the game-ending double play, and the Phillies 
have a 5-3 win over the Diamondbacks here in the first game of the league championship series. I got to say, Fransky was on his game last oh, night. Oh, he was great. When, when uh, Schwarber let off, he in said something like, you know, Hello, Kyle, or welcome something. Welcome to the party. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to the party, pal. And then uh, and then said the same thing to yeah. Bryce Harper when he smashed I'll him. tell you what, too. Kimbrel, I, he's been around forever. He has. He was a Brave and a Red Sox. I swear to God, that guy's been around for 15, 20 years. Yep. <laughs> yeah. He's like a talk radio host. He just never goes away. <laughs> Well, how about the fact that it was Bryce's birthday? Yes. You know? And by the way, the guys down the hall uh, for the sports station were talking about whether or not Bryce Harper, he's number three, correct? Mm -hmm. If he's the best number three in the last 25 years in Philadelphia, and they've compared him to Allen Iverson. Iverson, yeah. And I was just thinking, like, whoa. I mean, that's, that's that's, that's a tall... That's a tall comparison to make. They're oranges and apples because it's a different sport. I, I don't think they should. You know, yeah. I'm surprised, uh, you know, all the love down there for the Phillies that Jack Fritz didn't jump out of a cake for no. Bryce. Well, he probably had too many birthday. Miller Lights to jump out of it. <laughs> his birthday. Yeah. Singing happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs> Mr. <Mister> Harper. Yeah. <laughs> Bryce would have been, uh, no thanks, sir. <laughs> uh, so game two, Diamondbacks at Phillies. Tonight, 8.07 p.m., we are sponsored by Holland Floor Covering, the region's premier flooring dealer, family-operated for over 50 years, providing exceptional service, professional installation. Visit their two showrooms in either Wayne and Newtown. No charge samples, no obligation estimates. Learn more, hollandfloor.com, NBC10 first alert forecast, 64 degrees, sunshine today. But by 8.07, by first pitch tonight, Make sure you, uh, you know, bring your favorite Phil's hat if you're going, your jacket, because after the sun goes down and by 8.07 tonight, we will be in the 50s. And with that breeze, it could feel more like 49 degrees. That's the NBC 10 First Alert Forecast. This is Kellen Company News Live. All right, Don, thank you very much. 618 here on a Tuesday morning as we get ready for another Big Take. The Big Take on Kellen Company. All right, the big take this morning. The show must go on. For the last 10 days, the number one story in America and around the world has been the savage and brutal attacks that Israel suffered at the hands of Hamas. That has garnered all of the attention in the media news cycle, and rightfully so, and probably will continue to do so for the coming days and weeks. But after a week and a half, the usual suspects have had enough of being put on the back burner and felt it was time to make some headlines. We're talking about judges with vendettas against Donald Trump and the House Oversight Committee's pursuit of Joe Biden. Today will be a monumental day for the GOP-controlled House, as they will look to get Jim Jordan across the finish line to be the next speaker. But it will be pretty challenging. But Monday was about James Comer and his pursuit of President Biden in regards to classified documents. We will delve into those a little bit deeper in just a few minutes. Uh, But on the political prosecution and persecution front of former President Donald Trump, we once again saw a judge with a score to settle against Trump and history in the making. Here was MSNBC with the details of the breaking news yesterday. Listen and watch. Minutes ago, Judge Tanya Chutkin announced from the bench that she will impose a partial gag order on former President Donald Trump. Specifically, she will prohibit all parties in the case, including Mr. Trump, from making or reposting any statements publicly targeting the special counsel, his staff, the judge's staff or court personnel, and also will prohibit statements about potential witnesses and the subject of their testimony. So, for example, Mr. Trump will be able to criticize former Vice President Mike Pence, who, after all, he's running for president against in the Republican primary, but he won't be able to talk about Mr. Pence's potential testimony in this uh, election 
uh, case with, in, in, in which, of course, Mr. Pence is a key witness. And this came after a two-hour hearing, Andrea, that really put in, in on stark display the clash here between uh, the First Amendment and Donald Trump's ability to speak as he's running for president and uh, a judge's um, interest in keeping an orderly courtroom present preventing witnesses and participants from being intimidated and preventing a jury pool from being tainted. And what this judge concluded is that these inflammatory statements that Donald Trump has been repeatedly making, calling the prosecutor deranged, attacking the judge, attacking witnesses, uh, are out of bounds and have the potential to intimidate and even even spark violence, uh, threats from, from the public at large, uh, and, and that he shouldn't be allowed to make them. Now, what... Uh, Donald Trump's lawyers say that they will immediately appeal uh, this order, and there's every reason to believe that the Supreme Court will ultimately have to weigh in on this. We're in uncharted territory here with a presidential candidate uh, who has been gagged by a judge. So you have Judge Tanya Chutkin, an Obama appointee, who is the federal judge overseeing the 2020 election interference case against Donald Trump in Washington, D.C., and she imposes a narrow gag order on him on Monday, which bars the former president from making statements targeting prosecutors, possible witnesses, and court staff. This is by far the most serious restriction a court can place on Trump's ability to speak out to the country, his voting base, and using social media outlets. Trump cannot slip up in front of a camera or microphone if he addresses the media. Trump cannot slip up at 2 a.m. in front of his keyboard on Truth Social. This basically ends Trump's ability to talk about special counsel Jack Smith and or Merrick Garland's weaponized attacks against him. To say this is a third world banana republic type move might be the understatement of the century. And Chuckin claims that her order is to prevent Trump from launching a, quote, pre-trial smear campaign that poses, quote, a danger to the administration of justice. This is basically a huge trap being set by the justice system to have Trump in contempt as we witness the unprecedented silencing of a candidate for president. One would think that Trump's legal team will file appeal and appeal and appeal after appeal, and we will be hit over the head with a litany of motions and hearings about whether or not Trump violated in order. But from a legal standpoint, this could be the beginning of an unprecedented fight over what limits, if any, can be placed or should be placed on the speech of a defendant who is also campaigning for America's highest public office. While this is obviously a disgusting historic low blow for America, this could be a blessing in disguise. Almost everybody realizes that Trump is being targeted. Could this be exactly what he needs? His silence could be deafening. Even more people will notice. His polls will go up again. And it keeps Trump ultra locked in on his campaign messaging and how he plans on delivering for the country if reelected. It becomes less about a revenge tour and more about the true issues plaguing America, the economy, the threat of World War III, the southern border, law and order in America, and other campaign subjects. And that gets us to another subject, which is Joe Biden. Yesterday, James Comer and the House Oversight Committee made the following announcement, quote, we are investigating whether classified documents President Biden was caught mishandling included sensitive information related to specific countries involved in his family's foreign business schemes that brought in millions for the Bidens. Representative James Comer is calling on special counsel Robert Hur to provide more information. Here is a brief portion of James Comer's letter. Quote, the committee has developed significant evidence regarding President Biden's retention of classified materials at the Penn Biden Center in Philadelphia. Witness testimony, emails, and text messages 
established there were at least five current and former White House employees who coordinated accessing boxes which contained classified documents between 2021 and October of 2022. The committee is concerned as to why President Biden has not been fully transparent about the White House's involvement in accessing these materials prior to November 2nd of 2022. But don't take it from James Comer, or yours truly. Take it from our favorite legal scholar, Jonathan Turley, who we quote a lot on this show and play audio and video of quite often on this show in these matters. Turley said the following yesterday on social media, quote, if this new timeline is accurate, the question is whether Biden knew that the account being put forward by his staff and counsel was false. It also raises the question of whether the president knowingly possessed classified documents and lied about it. We still have to see if there is evidence to support such crimes. But what is clear is that the past narrative may no longer suffice. The new evidence would prove transformative, not only for the criminal, but the impeachment investigation of the president. End quote. So as we approach the one year countdown to the 2024 election, both sides ramping up their games as it's no longer early anymore. The establishment hell bent on shutting down Donald Trump's mouth and the GOP is scratching and clawing away at the Biden family and their alleged corruption day after day. And we know there's a two tier justice system that exists and we know the slant in which both men are covered by the media. And we now know that neither side could sit by and have their agendas and narratives pushed to the back burner any longer. And that's the big take. The big take on Kale and Company. All right, big take here on this Tuesday morning. If you have any thoughts or reaction, 855-839-1210 is how you get involved on the phones, on social media, at 1210WPHT, and, of course, on YouTube. Just go to YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHT. Hit the like and subscribe button to be a part of the Kale & Company comment community. Come back and get some thoughts to Trump's gag order and the latest with Biden and classified documents as he makes his trip to Israel House expected to vote for a new speaker at noon today. It's a busy morning here and uh, here on Kale and Company, and we'll continue with this right after this message from our friends at the Piazza Auto Group. I mean, I've been in this vehicle now for almost five months. I got to tell you, I love it every day. I really do. The 2023 Honda Ridgeline Black Edition. I got it right around Memorial Day from Piazza Honda of Springfield, and I'm loving it. I'm looking forward to when we get that first little splash of bad weather stalkers already preparing for it sending out emails about us working remotely with the first sign of inclement weather when i get done doing that show from my apartment after the inclement weather i'm going to get in that honda ridgeline and i'm going to floor that bad boy right down through bluebell because it can plow through anything but if you're a truck person like me now is the time to visit piazza honda in springfield you can also check them out in philadelphia langhorn pottstown or Reading to take advantage of 0.9 percent apr financing or you can get special finance rate on all their other vehicles and cars. You don't have to be a truck person. How about the Honda Civic, the Accord, the CRV, the Pilot, and many more? The Piazza Auto Group, 17 brands, something for everybody, 35 locations, accessibility for everybody. It's my go-to for all things automotive. Check them out online right now for new or certified pre-owned vehicles. You can browse their inventory at piazzaautogroup.com. This is the Kale and Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Kale and Company as we continue live here on this Tuesday morning. Nick Dawn and Greg, Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. You want to jump in? 855-839-1210. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. 
couple of things to get to here as we work our way towards hour number two. We will get to the latest with the Middle East uh, coming up in probably just about 10 minutes or so. Um, as we have got some troops on standby, we've got troops apparently going on the ground, some coming via the Red Sea. It feels like uh, things are really starting to pick up. It's not a matter of if, but a matter of when uh, America will get involved and obviously the way Israel will respond to Hamas uh, in everything going on in Gaza. Also, uh, more Americans than not say it is not America's responsibility to ensure peace and be the police of the world. We'll get to that poll coming up in just a few minutes. But some stuff uh, locally here as, uh, as far as national politics go with Donald Trump and Joe Biden. You pick up on the theme yesterday, and I'm not sure if everybody is paying attention to all of these cases because you lose track of what case Donald Trump is in court for and who's the judge and what jurisdiction is. Is it criminal? Is it civil? We know he's got the case in civil court in New York. Um, we also know he's got the Alvin Bragg case in New York. He's got Atlanta, which will be televised in Fulton County. He's got Florida with the Mar-a-Lago classified documents. And of course, he's got the election interference case, which we just referenced in the big take this morning in Washington, D.C. But by my math of those five cases that we just rattled off, he has now been gagged in two of them. And I believe you will see this play out in each and every case. I think they will actually be prosecuted and litigated. Just to steal a phrase from Christopher Ray of the FBI when he mentioned, don't be uh, surprised if you see a bunch of copycat imitations of Hamas here in the United States. I think you're going to see copycat gag orders across the board by these judges. As yesterday, Judge Tanya Chutkin said, quote, this is not about whether I like the language Mr. Trump uses. This is about language that presents a danger to the administration of justice. His presidential candidacy does not give him carte blanche to vilify public servants who are simply doing their jobs. And obviously, as we know, Trump is going to appeal. And Trump went to truth uh, yesterday, I believe, at some point and said, quote, in all capital letters, will appeal the gag order ruling witch hunt exclamation mark. Um, but this is, I think, we're going to see this across the board, Don, where, you know, this, these DAs, these prosecutors, they, and this is really, and I, I, this screams Supreme Court case to me. This screams all the way to the top of mm, yeah. whether or not the government can infringe upon Trump's right to free speech and to say whatever he darn near pleases when it comes to these court cases. And it's almost like the judges are like, yeah, you can, you can, you can attack Joe Biden, but you will not attack my court clerk you will not uh, yeah. so it's basically like you say whatever you want about joe i'm judge judge tanya chuckins probably like, yeah he is crooked i know he's crooked but you're not going to have full reign in my court to blast my people and i think this is i think this is really going to be and it's amazing if you think about it everything the last three and a half years with censorship online and social media flagging you yeah. it seems like more than ever the first amendment is is up for debate according to some of these experts yeah, it just shows you, though, how triggered they are. They are. You know, it's it's like trash talk in sports. None of these people played any sports. He's not allowed to talk. He doesn't, Jack Smith is like, I don't want him to talk about me. Yeah. And and the thought that, and, and I think a piece of this is how annoyed they are, that he has the audacity to go out publicly and, and double down on this stuff and say, can you believe these guys? Well, they probably, and it's, <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's his, it's his <laughs> fifth amendment privilege not to take the stand in any yeah. case. 
And if I was Trump's lawyers, I would not let him take the stand in any case. But they're probably saying, look, if you have so much to say, don't say it on truth. Yeah. Say it here in the court. Take a seat, get cross-examined by the prosecution, and say whatever you wish. But I think that would be ill-advised if you're Trump, because when he starts going off, then it's like you don't want to say something that you know you, you bite your tongue over and you, you, you basically shoot yourself in the foot. But these individuals... They they obviously you know they can't stand him they oh, they can't not. stand him right they 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 and now he's in the court and he's on the campaign trail and the more he talks about it, he talks about it again on the campaign trail and he just says oh I can't talk about it they don't want to and the crowd goes crazy and so the more they do this stuff it works in his favor right the more people it's the whole thing gets more and more ridiculous mm-hmm. and actually proves his point yeah that that he lives rent free in their head and that ultimately they're so triggered by him over politics that they're they're doing everything to just try to shut him down you know it's amazing i <laughs> I, I, I tweeted this yesterday it was just a random thought in the middle of the afternoon isn't it amazing that the left seems more triggered and hell-bent on Trump than they do Hamas? Oh, definitely. Like, let, let that sink in for a moment. Like, those on the far left hate this guy so much that they actually try to rationalize Hamas and pro-Palestinian causes more than they do a former president of the United States. Like, you don't have to like Trump. I get that. I've said that from day one. But the, the, the level to which some of these people... Um, go to just show you like he owns them like he is legit i I always brought up my mother-in-law like she she can't stop talking about the guy (laughs) yet she despises him and i'm like you really gotta let it go it's like you know he's not in office anymore decent chance he won't get reelected anyway but these people they 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 can't let go of it and he just is always on top of mind to them you should just ask her how you know how is how how is everything these yeah. days? Oh, those are going no. over real well these days. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, it's going to snow tomorrow. It's Trump's fault. Like, okay, yeah, I get it. You hate the guy, but the other thing that's interesting, and this is also a theme now. So we gave you in the last couple of days uh, how Trump is doing in the battleground states. We gave you those polling numbers coming out of the weekend. He's beating Joe Biden in four out of the six battleground states. He's tied with him in one and slightly losing to him in the other. That's the first good sign. The second good sign is how we gave you the story about how Joe Biden has a Pennsylvania problem now. The net favorability rating for Trump and Biden is identical at about 40%. But now this comes out yesterday from interactive polls. And maybe we were all wrong, whether it was us on this show or the audio that we played. Because when Kennedy Jr. announced last week in Philadelphia his official candidacy as an independent candidate, we were all of the belief, or most of us, were that, look, you know, this is going to steal some votes from Joe, but at the end of the day, RFK Jr. is not a friend to the right. And a lot of the national pundits and the experts, so to speak, said this will work more in This will work more against it's going to hurt Biden, but it's going to hurt Trump even worse. Apparently, that is not the case here because I've got the six battleground states from interactive polls. And the poll question is, when Kennedy Jr. is included as an independent candidate, how does it play out in Arizona? Trump plus five over Biden, 42 percent to 37 percent. Kennedy Jr. gets eight percent in Georgia. Trump plus three. 
41 to 38 over Biden, 8% for Kennedy. In Michigan, Trump plus two over Biden, 40 to 38, 7% Kennedy. In Pennsylvania, they are deadlocked at 39% apiece. Kennedy Jr., 9%. North Carolina, Trump plus three. Florida, Trump plus eight. I don't know. Maybe we all need to take a step back here for a moment and really start to think about whether or not guys, Kennedy... Guys, guys, we're a year out. I'm, but I'm saying... We're a year out. For we, God's sake. We said he was dead with RFK, that this would kill Trump. You add him into these six battleground states, it's, it's almost like the outcome doesn't change. Like, you add a variable looking for a different outcome, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's still Trump ahead in all these battlegrounds. And I know it's a year out. I know. We can only go on what we have right now. But the, maybe the Kennedy thing is not going to hurt Trump as much as we thought. I never thought it would. You, I never you, said you, it you, would. You were, oh, I never thought it would. No, she was the one I, that said Yeah, it. I was. I, yeah. He doesn't listen to me. Oh, did you mention Officer Rowe? <laughs> I mean, I'm but, like I'm with Greg. I'm like I'm at home. I just said that but, I'm in, yeah. invisible. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing a lot of things. Over a, here. I'm I'm doing a lot of things over here, sweetheart. Mm, that's what my husband says too. You, I'll right, write dropped, it on the fridge, honey. I'll put a big sign. He dropped a sweetheart on you, Don. <laughs> that, was, that was hashtag sarcasm. <laughs> but like it, it, you were the one that said it, it will not. But we had uh, you know guys that you know, we get from the weekend shows and these polling experts that are on all the TV networks saying that it could work against Trump. It'll pull from Joe a little bit, but it'll work more again. Even even Trump's own camp was saying that could be a factor. Again, it's polls. So, you know, what we say on uh, October 17th might not play out on November 7th, 2024. That's for sure. So I just wanted to... But it, it's a pattern here. Yes. It's the swing states. It's the Biden-Pennsylvania problem. Now it's the RFK in the swing states. A lot of things are lining up in Trump's favor. And if it doesn't pan out, it's going to be a lot of heartbroken people. Because I think a lot of us might take the bait again. So I just wanted to share that as we uh, give a little counter of good news to the latest gag order against Donald J. Trump. Um, But then we get to Israel and Hamas. And this is obviously a story that's not going to go away. I texted you guys last night in our group text. I was watching, um, I watched a little bit of Brett Baer. He had some experts on last night because I was looking really just, just for nuts and bolts and facts. I didn't want to hear, uh, I didn't watch the five. I didn't want to hear opinion. I just wanted kind of the straight lace. Give me what I need to it's know. It's hard to find. It is hard to find. And, and Brett does a pretty good job of that, of having a panel on. So the United States now has 2,000 troops that have been basically put on prepare to deploy orders for possible support to Israel, although the administration is claiming these are not active on-the-ground soldiers in war. And then we are told that the United States has another 2,000 troops that will come via the Red Sea and will basically be uh, on the shores, so to speak, just kind of observing, waiting to see. So that's 4,000 individuals. That, that to me, waves. that's a red flag for me. And then I'm watching last night about how Hamas is really not overly sophisticated. But where it gets kind of dicey and sticky is Hezbollah. Hezbollah's got 100,000 troops. They have 130,000 drone missiles that if the United States intervenes or Israel goes on the counter, and people are anticipating any day that Israel will you know, go to Gaza and this thing's going to really kick off with a bang, so to speak. Um, you add in the factor that the U.S. is lurking, Iran is kind of watching and seeing, and you got Hezbollah to the north. And I told you guys last night in the text, my, my gut feeling is this is a powder keg waiting to go off at any moment. 
And I think the one thing that we need to keep in mind, whether you're pro-war, anti-war, you don't want the U.S. involved, you just want to give some aid and some assistance, there's so many little nuanced battles here. Because with this intricate, like, below-the-ground tunnels that Hamas has, according to one of the experts that Brett Baer had on, you can't just blow that up on the ground or through the air if you're the United States. Like, it's, it's, it's almost impenetrable. And then you factor in Hezbollah and how much more sophisticated and deeper they are with bodies. This has the all the ingredients for, like, a massive cocktail to go off. And, you know, this is really going to be an ugly thing. I, I don't as much as I think that, that the United States and Israel can obliterate Hamas quickly. You add in these other characters like Hezbollah in the north and this will not be pretty. And I don't think it's going to be easy for the United States. They also said how the United States boots on the ground. The United States hasn't done well in wars. We have all the technology in the world. But as far as bodies and tactical warfare on the ground that this country has not done great in recent conflicts. So if you think this story's going away anytime soon, I think you're sadly mistaken. It's only going to escalate. I, I'd be willing to bet this this Middle East conflict, we'll just generalize it that way, it's going to be at least a third of our show for the next I know. next month. I, those The tunnels that you're talking about, I saw one, I, I read somewhere that some of the tunnels, even though they thought they had obliterated those tunnels, some go down 100 feet yeah. to your point. And that's why no matter what they do at the surface level, they, they're way deep, you know, down there. And another report I saw said their picture, maybe half of the New York subway system. Mm-hmm. You think of that extensive subway system. Yep. And oh my goodness, you know, and that, and then you wonder, are the hostages down there? Right. And then Hamas is claiming there's more now. They, they, the Hamas claimed right that they have 250. 250 correct. But the IDF still, Israel still says, no, it looks, they, they estimate 199, mm-hmm. 199. Yep. But all the pleas from these parents coming out, it is just heart wrenching. Yeah. To see these parents and, and the one letter to the New York Times, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody knows my, um, my boy, please take care of him. And, right. Oh my God. Right. You know. I mean, you know, you look at, you know, Al Qaeda. ISIS, Hamas, Hezbollah. You can sit there and say, well, this one aligns more. At the end of the day, they all want death to the West. That's mm-hmm. what they want. And they obviously want Islam to be the predominant religion of the globe. And, you know, we, we see so many people. And again, now 10 days into talking about this, the, the way in which the media has covered it, the way the left has defended one side over the other, the way universities have had students protesting in, in support of Hamas, I, I am stunned, and I'm not naive to think that, look, you know, anti-Semitism doesn't exist or racism doesn't exist. I've always said when we talk about racism specifically in this country, I think the supply uh, does not match the demand that the media and the left calls for. But I, I might have been off on my rough ballpark assessment of just how much anti-Semitism there is in this country because it has come pouring out in the last 10 days, especially in academia. And we'll get to some of these stories and some of this audio later. A lot of these Ivy League institutions, I mean, we're not surprised by anything. You know, a lot of these universities, they're all left liberal leaning. But, I mean, the way in which the anti-Semitism is just freely, and look, you know, your right to protest, your right to free speech, but like the, the hateful delivery behind, of it, behind it. And then you see so many people that are pro-Palestinian in this country um, you know, Christopher Ray, the FBI director, said, "Be alert because you know there could be these copies." 
it's not they're not coming across the southern border or they're not coming across any other port of entry in this country. They're already here. And I'm not talking about sleeper cells. I'm just talking about within the community itself an overabundance of individuals that want death to America, yet they live here. It's a wild contrast. Um, and I wanted to just mention this. What you're saying, Nick, it, give, it gives me chills. It does. And because you know why you're surprised, why anybody's surprised? Because we're half glass full, right? As Americans, we, we try to be positive and we try, we try to think that's in the past. Yeah. And so this, you know, at first I thought, okay, they're trying to be woke. or they're, What are they trying to be? But at the end, of, I know Huntsman was out. There are many donors to University of Pennsylvania which, by the way, not for nothing, but they didn't stop their donations uh, when the girls' swim team no. was exposed to a six-foot-four man uh, with the full man apparatus in the locker room. Yep. But uh, but finally, this one has has got has gotten their attention. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's local. It's you know our own Ivy League school. A tr- I don't know if Trump has spoken out. That's his alum, right? Right. He's an alum of uh, well, University, Wharton. right? Yep. But to your point, Nick, and it's a great point. I and. We'd interviewed the ADL here um, for their yearly report, and they had talked about this was before. Uh, I, I just never wanted to think of, that this was true mm-hmm. this in this modern day, but I don't know how to explain it. There, there's no other way to explain it, and and it's just shame on them. And it's, they're and they're the ones who say hate has no home here. Right. Well, they're the, <laughs> they're the biggest supporters of BLM. And then when it comes to Israel, they're anti-Israel, what the heck? which is wild to me. Look, if you're if you're anti-Israel from a conflict standpoint against another nation, like if it's Israel against Jordan or Turkey or Syria, I got that. But you're def- you're defending the terrorists over innocent yeah. Israelis who have a right to live, a right to claim their property, and a right to protect their land. It's it's not like it's it's not like you're picking a side between. Germany versus Italy in a war. You're picking the terrorists right. over uh, the Israelis. You're picking people that want death to your way of life. You want academia to change. The best way to do it is for the donors to say, "Amen." Enough yeah. of this. And that's what they're doing. Cut and, them off. And and if if things don't change, yeah. uh, our our funding is <clears throat> our funding is going away. Mm-hmm. Watch yep. how quickly these professors get fired. Whatever you know what I mean. Or new ones are brought in. Watch how quickly yep. academia changes <clears throat> once these donors uh, uh, start pulling their funding. It's so That's true. Correct. And to Nick, to to the point that you were talking about as well, just imagine if after nine eleven, some other country said, uh, "Well, uh, USA, you should uh, declare a ceasefire. You we you should have peace." Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you're not allowed to defend yourselves, right? And that's kind of this is their. I mean, I I don't. Actually, it's more deadly over there right now with the death count, mm-hmm. with what nearly ten thousand injured, yeah. and the total death toll is is rising by the day. But it, it's it was it's bizarre, mm-hmm. and, it's and, and then just you have bizarre. All of these hostages, and then you're hearing, yeah. well, if Israel does not go on the counter offensive, we'll release these hostages. So let me get this straight: yeah. you want to kill thirteen, fourteen hundred people, take people hostage. And then when you find out that, oh, we're about to get obliterated. Well, if you don't do it, I'll release them. I was only kidding. Like, no, I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. Payback's a you-know-what. Uh, but lastly, though, Americans are split on the responsibility 
that the United States has to ensure peace in the Middle East. And I, I thought this was interesting because America, for, for many decades, has been labeled the police of the world. We always intervene and step in, whether it's for a noble cause or for our own agenda or whatever it might be. But overall, only 46% of those in this poll that responded say that the U.S. has a responsibility to ensure peace in the region, while 50% say it does not. Three in five Democrats, 59%, see this as a U.S. responsibility, along with 48% of Republicans and 39% of independents. So this is kind of interesting. So Democrats see this as more necessary, yet those on the left are supporting Hamas. 48% of Republicans say this is not our battle, yet we are the ones that are, by and large, standing with Israel and Jewish people that have been victims in this situation so it those two things don't align so to speak when you look at the math and you look at the who's on what side but i i would just say this when you when you look at the united states always and i love this country but always look at what the agenda what the motive is yeah. and and what's the motivating factors and you know for years and years and years in the middle east it's obviously been about the three-letter word oil so um for me I feel like I'm in a tough spot because I hate war and I'm like the opposite of Lindsey Graham. But these people have to pay the price for what they did, and this yeah, is and and this is Israel, Americans as well. And Israel needs to to do that, not the United States. Well, and I think Netanyahu will. Of course, he will. Oh, he's 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 this gonna, is, he's going to oh, leave he no stone unturned. This is this is their fight. We need to let them fight it. We need to support them in any way we. We can, but we need to let them fight it but and four, stay out of it. Well, but 4,000 troops says we're not probably staying out of it, right? Well, it feels like just, you know, be on high alert. Hey, at any moment I might hit the button. I mean, think about it. You got 2,000 going over now. Yeah. You've got another 2,000 on a vessel, uh, basically uh, almost docked along the shores of the Red Sea. Yeah. And Joe Biden's going to be there tomorrow. And by the way, that should not make you feel good either because Joe's, if, remember the last time Joe was in Israel with, uh, with Herzog? He fell asleep, basically, sitting in his chair. I mean, this is an opportunity for America to show strength. And if this putt screws it up tomorrow, and trust me, all the global leaders will be looking. Russia will be watching. China, Iran, North Korea. They see more weakness. It'll be on full display. And trust me, that will not be a good sign for the United States. 855-839-1210 is how you climb in. Hour two is on the way. Dawn will have some news to kick off the 7 o'clock hour. Uh, and then also two more stories, uh, kind of under this Middle East Israel umbrella. A dorm fire at Drexel. Is it a hate crime? And also, blame it on talk radio. We'll continue. Hour two, Kale and Company, next. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.